Hi everyone, welcome to the Another Startup Story podcast. My name is Carmen Tang, your host, and together we'll explore and enjoy conversations around entrepreneurship, creativity, and leadership. And joining us from London today, we have Alice Law, who is the founder of The Alley Life, which is a coaching service specializing in stress management and holistic performance. Um, Alice is a stress management and holistic performance coach. Uh, she's also a certified life coach um, and a mindfulness practitioner, a speaker, podcaster, and international best-selling co-author of the six-time international best-selling book, The Law of Attraction, which I'm sure we'll dive into a bit later on. And um, she's been st- st- studying self-development for the past eight years now. And, you know, she maintains it has been her most prominent life experiences of the past 10 years that have really allowed her to kind of have the, her own unique insights into stress and her own coping mechanisms of bringing the best out of people that she actually works with. She works with um, clients privately and internationally, as well as large corporates and brands, including RBS and The Ned London. And she's been featured as an expert on the Evening Standard magazine, um, CNBC, and many, many more. So I'm like really, really excited to have Alice here with me today. Um, on you know topics which I feel really passionate about so and I think given this time right now especially you know we're all going through COVID wherever you are in the world everyone's going through a different kind of journey and everyone has their own struggles so I think you know the topic of stress and and mindfulness is definitely relevant (laughs) right now so hello Alice how are you doing? I'm good thank you it's so nice to connect from the other side of the world thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's so nice to hear another British accent. It makes me miss home so much. <laughs> yeah, so I guess, you know, to introduce um, yourself, you know, I've, I've kind of gone through a very brief intro, but, you know, I'd love to hear from you um, why you started the company and a bit more about what you actually do. You know, you're such a multifaceted woman. You've got so many things going on, but explain in a nutshell to our listeners what you do um, and what the company provides as a service yeah so I essentially I work like you say with um one-to-one with leaders or also corporations and I have a membership site as well now so that I can give access to people for stress management who don't you know do one-to-one because I want everyone to be able to live in the calmest version of themselves because I believe that calmness is our natural state you know we were all born calm just the same way we were all born happy um, it's like that thing of, you know, no baby's first words or ever. I'm so stressed. I don't think anyone's ever heard that. You know, we learn stress as we go along. So I like to connect people back to the calmest and greatest version of themselves so that they can reach their greatest potential. Mm. Um, and yeah, from doing that, I've, I mean, I started this because of my own personal experiences with stress, really. It's, um, I, I mean, like I said to you earlier, I was just not on this path at all. You know, I used to think that I wanted to be a fashion designer. Um, I went and did like, I worked for Netta Porter after university, did sort of multiple fashion internships from the age of 15 up to like after university, thinking that was definitely what I wanted to do. But then I left Netta Porter, went to work for a Russian finance company, actually just um, assisting, having a job on the side whilst I thought I'll earn money whilst I'd start, you know, developing my sort of fashion line. And then during that time of working for them, that's when my sort of life, just my personal life just took a completely different turn. So my eldest um, sister got diagnosed with cancer and that just came out of nowhere. And that was a four year battle. Um, And it was, you know, very, very stressful on all of our family. And um, sadly, we lost her to cancer a year after four years. And during that time, I experienced what I say now as like stress in every dimension of my life at once. So we had my sister obviously being ill, and then that was my first ever experience with the death of a loved one or grief in any form because I never, I never met my grandparents. They'd sort of, you know, disappeared before I before I was around. So that was really my first experience with it. And during that time, my dad, my dad worked for himself, and he had real financial struggles from the original credit crisis that had you know, impacted his business for the years afterwards and we had to sell our family home and a legal battle came out of nowhere and um, all sorts of things were going on and my dad started to get very depressed from you know the loss of his daughter and the stress of losing his home and finances and just everything and I saw 
chronic stress really build up on him mentally for a good, you know, four or five years. And it was very, it was very horrible to watch because, you know, you see he was such a vivacious, you know, charismatic man and to see stress literally just pull that all out of him. Um, and, yeah, and, you know, during the other time I was like, oh, well, the random things we all go through, like I got, you know, had a breakup in a relationship and got made redundant um, before I started this because my bosses I were working for had to move abroad. But actually that was the greatest gift I could have been given because it set me on, on this path. And um, but during that time when it was all going on, I just realized I was like, well, I need to cope with stress in a different way. Otherwise I'm not going to make it through this to be honest. And because I was continually feeling anxious at time to time depressed. And I started to just, stumble across everything. I think the first ever thing I listened to was Oprah's Super Soul Sunday podcast. Oh, I love that podcast. Yeah. yeah so good. It really is. And I just, from there, as you know, on Hay Houses as well, yeah. all these different authors, incredible speakers and authors like Dr. Wayne Dyer and, um, you know, Gabrielle Bernstein at the time, just different things. And I started to absorb a different perspective of how I could see how everything had played out in my life and also how I could then cope with it. So I started immersing myself in mindfulness and mindset coaching and meditation, which I would never even tried and um, energy healing as well, eventually. And um, just all these things started putting them together and they really pulled me out of a really dark and stressful place. And I realized how incredible they were. And then when I got made redundant, still thinking that I wanted to, um, to do fashion, suddenly life sort of really showed me where I should be going. And I realized this was actually what, what I should be doing. And um, as I sadly lost my dad to stress-related illness just over a year ago, I'm just on such a mission now to sort of help as many people as possible live as calmly as possible because I know how important it really is. Yeah, totally. That's like, you feel like that, you know, is an issue very close to your heart and that's almost like your purpose to kind of help other people who are going through similar experiences or similar pain. And I think everyone, you know, ne next week we're hosting, I'm hosting an Instagram live and it's on, you know, find kind of like discovering your purpose. And, and I think everyone has one. And, and I truly believe that, you know, we're always going to go through life with pains or struggles and why not use, don't let that pain go to waste and use it to help other people. Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. That's crazy. A story I hadn't actually known about your um, sister and your father. So you know, really sorry to hear that, but it seems like you've just taken, taken it on with so much grace and used it for the better good instead of, you know, you, you hear these stories and you hear people have just gone down like a, a downward path because they just end up hating life and think, why me? And they play the victim character, right? Yeah. Um, so I guess like my question is, how do you, because I think right now, you know, obviously in COVID, a lot of people, you mentioned that you're made redundant. I think a lot of people going through either pay cuts or redundancies or difficulty finding contract or freelance work right now. It's obviously tough. The economy is um, contracting. And so, you know, whether that's in professional life or personal life, everyone is kind of going through their own little difficulties and challenges. And, you know, stress is obviously arising from that. How did you even start? Like, where did you even begin? Like, I know you said you listened to some of Oprah's podcasts, but for people who kind of feel like, yeah, life is just not going so smoothly right now, what would you tell them to even do? Yeah, I mean, the first starting point, I will actually say, as crazy as it sounds, to listen to podcasts is to listen to positive things, to listen to things that are going to not just be positive, but going to shift your perspective and make you start to see things in a different way, even subconsciously without you realizing. Because when we are sat and we're watching the news and we're yeah. all we're seeing at the moment is these horrible fear-based news cycles, no one even knows what's going on. It's, you know, yeah. there's nothing new happening any day, but you'll continue to be flooded with these horrible things. And what that does to us is it actually allows our subconscious to look for the bad for the rest of the day. So you want to try and fill it with good instead. So just starting, you know, listening to like podcasts like this or, you know, Oprah's, all these different things, try at that starting point. And then I always say, you want to then really look within yourself. So certainty is found from within, not from without. And I think we've seen that so much this year. We can never know what's going to go on in the outside world. We knew that anyway, but now we've seen that on a huge 
global scale and we still are being faced with a lot of uncertainty and redundancies and you know pay cuts and all these you know scary things for people that are very real so if this is something that you can't change then what can you do within yourself to start to create certainty and stability within and something that really starts for that is meditation because what meditation does is we have essentially a center in our brain that's nicknamed the me center and yeah. there is a connection there and that's your connection to basically worrying so you know any anything you want to worry about it goes off but meditation it's now proven science has shown that it weakens that connection so that it allows you to have a pause and a sense of space instead of going straight into that fear negative cycle it's now, you know, it also boosts our immunity, which is very useful at this time and also yeah. decreases stress, makes you happy. But it gives you a space of stillness to respond instead of react. And that's what everyone really needs to do right now. And I know meditation can seem like a very far off concept to people. Like people think they have to yoda on top of a mountain to have meditated and not a single thought. But that's just, yeah. <laughs> but that's just not true. You know, it's just five minutes a day to start with will really change, you know, things. I always say, you know, Five minutes of meditation will change your day. Ten minutes of meditation will change your mind, and twenty minutes of meditation a day will change your life. And you just really want to build up to that, you know. And just doing five minutes a day and finding something that suits you—just you know, simple breathing one, um, a walking one on like Headspace or Calm or um, you know those apps or um, a guided meditation—all these things. Just finding one that suits you and just making it like going to the gym put in five minutes of effort a day to get something back yeah no that's really interesting I think I actually to be honest I'm not very good at meditating I've obviously tried a lot and um you know when I keep saying I need to do a bigger almost like a retreat because when I went to I did the Bali Thailand retreat about this time last year actually in June last year and I spent five days in complete obviously silence and no phones or anything I went on my own and it wasn't like Vipassana, which I'm sure you've heard of, but we did meditation twice, twice a day and these several yoga practices, you know, you could opt in if you wanted to. And it was only after the four days that I kind of really learned to get into the rhythm of meditation. But even before that, I would try and do it regularly at home. And it was just so hard to kind of build a, um, you know, a routine. It's like even harder than going to the gym, I found but um, I do really see the benefits of it. And even in the morning, like journaling is my form of meditation. Sometimes I find I just am a lot more, yeah, like you said, you know, as opposed to being reactive to things that come your way throughout the day, I'm more grounded because I have had time to think and process things and get rid of my emotions. And it's really interesting. I don't know if you've ever read the book by, uh, I think she's a, a girl called Julius. It's called The Artist's Way. Have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't, no. It's quite interesting. It's more, I think it's mainly targeted at creatives, but she talks about the concept of morning pages. And she says every morning, she like, like you said, we're kind of, we've got this thing that's built in us, which it's like the fight, fight or flight back to right. And there's always a negative voice in our minds. Like everyone has that, right? And so when you wake up in the morning, you just like write, you know, your stream of unconsciousness, you're getting rid of all these negative thoughts and just emptying that and leaving them on the pages and then getting on with your day. But if, if you don't do that, then you're kind of, you know, and meditation is also another form of that. You're just carrying on going about your day with all these kind of negative, negative thoughts, like hanging on to you. Yeah, you are. I mean, the thing is that our brains, like you say, I mean, I always get one-to-one -one clients to journal. I journal every day as well. I think it's the best release to kind of, like you say, get all mind dumps, to get all your anxiety yeah. out of your head onto paper so it doesn't follow you around for the rest of the day. But the, the, the thing is, is that people forget that our brains are hardwired for fear and negativity because in the olden days, it would have to look for the threats. You know, in caveman times, you'd have to be looking yeah. around for threats all the time to be alert in case, you know, a lion came out of the bushes or another tribe were attacking your tribe so that hasn't changed but we have to change ourselves to make those positive pathways to rewire our brains so essentially what we have to do is practice it and practice it and practice it until the you know positive pathway becomes the natural and easy route for the brain to go because otherwise negativity and fear is its sort of easiest route because it's the way it was created to look for the threats and look for the stresses so 
we have to do something about that ourselves. Yeah, it's so interesting. I was just thinking about rewiring your brain. And about two years ago, when I first started my business, I started reading a lot of, just naturally, a lot of positive uh, books and uplifting um, kind of, I guess you could say motivational ones. Like now it's super popular on Instagram, but back, you know, even like three, four years ago, it was quite hard to find online or it wasn't as in your face now. And, um, you know, the topic of rewiring your brain, neuroscience and all of that and a positive mindset is so ingrained in um, owning your own business and being an entrepreneur because you ha you're, you're on your own really and you have to really continue to back yourself. And it's like, having the ability to think for yourself and so do you think you can tell me a bit more about what you mean by rewiring your brain so so for yeah. listeners who aren't quite sure yeah absolutely so it's like i said we have you know neuroplasticity which is now what we've realized from studies is the ability for us to change our brain to rewire it which we didn't know we could actually do i think until about 10 years ago um the studies suddenly realized oh wow we have the ability to change change things yeah. we're not set with this mindset forever or you know these negative thoughts and essentially in the simplest form if you have pathways in your brain you know these synapses if one pathway is the automatic thing of say you have a feeling um a feeling a thought that's very negative to do with say your business you think it's never going to work out it's never going to work out it's never going to work out you keep you know replaying that in your brain that's the simplest and quickest path for your brain to go so it will continue to go down that route automatically within doubt without you sort of you know if you don't do anything about it so instead what we have to do is we have to start doing things like you know affirmations and talking to ourselves <coughs> sorry talking to ourselves in a really positive way because I always say the most in, most important conversation you ever have is the one you have with yourself mm -hmm. because it's the only continual one you'll have from the start of your life till the end of your life you know that voice in our heads it's ongoing this little monologue and the emotional effects on us from that conversation yes we, I can decipher the difference between you talking to me now and me talking within my own self but the emotional effects on us are exactly the same so you saying something horrible to me now and me saying something horrible to myself, it has the same effects on our emotions. And this is what people don't realize. But the same goes with the happy things, the positive things. You saying something great to me and me saying something great to myself within myself or out loud or whichever way has the same effects. So that also becomes our greatest power. You know, I think people forget that you have a superpower and that superpower is being able to choose your thoughts the same way you choose your clothes every day. And if we choose our thoughts correctly, then imagine how great you'd feel, I say, if you were walking around all day and you had someone following you around saying how wonderful you are, like really empowering you, saying how kind, how great, what a great job you're doing and yeah. how bad you would feel if someone was following you around all day saying, judging you, critiquing you, putting you down. And that's essentially, you know, what happens within our own mind. If you are not consciously noticing how you're speaking to yourself and what pathways you're literally practicing and getting stronger, because with our mind, what we practice gets stronger, good or bad. So we literally, with those pathways, you have to look at what are you actually practicing? Which pathways are you making stronger? Is it the negative or is it the positive? And a lot of people, a lot of us, you know, I was doing it for years without realizing during a stressful time of just, replaying negative thoughts whether it's in the past or the future or worry over and over again and essentially all I was doing was making those pathways stronger and that the easier route for my brain and what we have to do is you know stop pause and choose a new thought so when you feel yourself going down into a spiral how do you take that moment you know pause take a deep breath in and consciously choose again to yes it's a bit of an effort but eventually that pathway becomes the easier one. So you are not doubting yourself all the time and you're not going down the negative route all the time. So it's simply about repetition and practice. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I guess like, um, is it true that, is it that we have 90,000 thoughts a day? Is that right? Yeah, it's like 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day, which is, crazy. which is crazy. And a lot of them are also from the day before. So you have only a small amount to change and you've got to really work on that, you know. Yeah, totally. And we were just talking about Joe Dispenza's work and I love his stuff. And he always talks about, um, you know, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind and how 
um, our thoughts and our feelings lead to our attitudes and then our beliefs and our perceptions and then of course the, our choices and that's why you know if your mind and your thoughts aren't right then you end up making the wrong choices and that's just the consequence of the life that you you don't want to be living you know so if you can see that kind of loop and that link it's really interesting um yeah so i guess like you know when we we briefly talked about the scientific side of things and the brain and how um, there is this neuroplasticity, which is so important to know for anyone. Um, and, you know, for yourself and your practices, you combine the spiritual side with the kind of more logical, psychological side. And most people do think that science and spirituality don't go hand in hand. Um, but actually I find, you know, the balance is actually really beneficial. It's a bit like, um, you know, with another startup story, we talk about the business side and the creative side and people often just, you know, put you in one bucket when actually it's important to have both. And, and everyone is creative. Just because you don't work in a creative industry doesn't mean you're not creative. It's a complete myth. So the same could be said for um, spirituality and obviously the science side. So, yeah, do you mind talking a bit more about um, how you play both these sides in your practices and how you work with your clients, you know, on your theology and everything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you said, I'm a massive believer in spirituality and logic combined. I think that is where our greatest power lies to combine the two because we don't need to be sort of airy fairy walking around and having no grounded spirituality and expecting things to work, but equally only logical basis with no um, spiritual guidance and intuition and tapping into our, our essentially our own essence and power using that for our greatest good especially with energy um that's not going to get you to your greatest self either so i think that the combination is so 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 important and so powerful and that's why in my you know my modalities when i do one-to-one -one, i do i work off four modalities i've created myself and two are for logic and two are for energy and spirituality so i look at people's perspective and people's um presence so those are you know the two logical ones like shifting your perspective how do you rewire your mind how do you look at stress in a different way how do you connect to presence through mindfulness and really get grounded and then the other side is the you know the more spiritual side of connecting to your purpose so purpose and intuition so it's triple pi as my sort of one-to-one -one modality i go through um and it's you know how do you connect your purpose and not just your greater purpose so i believe we're all here for you know, a purpose can be, some people's purpose is to be a mother. You know, other people's purpose is to bring kindness to the world. Other people's purpose is to create a, you know, a vaccine, for, you know, for something. Like all these different things play out in a very different way. But equally, we have to create purpose in our everyday lives to decrease our stress. And that can be found in the smallest of things, you know, so from your relationships and how you show up in the world and how kind you are to yourself and others in that day because kindness is now proven to decrease stress in itself and boost our immune system yeah. and it's funny because when we're stressed sometimes the thing we feel like least doing is being kind to other people because we're so absorbed in our own stressful little world but that's actually the very thing you need to do um, and then intuition I work with people's intuition because like you say we are all creative we're all born with an intuition and we all have one and my belief is that with our energy as well, so I do energy healing and uh, Reiki and energy clearing and different things like that and emotional freedom techniques. But what this essentially all is, is tapping into what we're all made up of. So it's like what Joe, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about, you know, when you go into the quantum physicists of it, which I can't in that sort of detail, but it's true. We are all energy and energy. It's so funny, but you know, we're all energy in an energetic universe. So, the very thing we're made of has the power to heal us. And that's what I think is really strong. And like what we were talking about earlier off, um, before we started, just how much of a society we are, you know, well, we're not tapped into our own intuition because all the logical sides of what we think we should be doing sort of cloud our own yeah, totally. sense of judgment and that connection that we have, that inner guidance. So I try to connect people back to that. And um, equally like what we said earlier as well, I think, it's really a time for people to start looking at these sort of roots of, you know, those, those natural healing techniques. I'm not saying that, you know, there's no place for medicine. There absolutely is, you know, God, I've had that with my family. My sister did 
various things, um, you know, with cancer, and I wouldn't say don't do it, you know, absolutely yeah. not. But I do believe that there's a massive place for people starting to look at the holistic roots, at the energy roots, at the natural roots before they pump themselves with a million chemicals, hoping that that's going to solve the problem, because I think we've all got the ability to heal ourselves. Yeah, we were just talking about this before, about how, you know, so for example, with using Gua Sha, the Gua Sha tool for your face, it's like, essentially, a, it's like a rose quartz jade tool, I guess, and you yeah. use to massage your face, and it's meant to really get into the receptors and all the small tiny veins in your in your face um, and that's almost like a preventative um, thing for why people use Botox and why can't we use um, more kind of holistic methods like that and so you know the concept of energy healing modalities can you kind of share a bit more about like, what does that mean practically like tell us what it means <laughs> what, yeah what so I actually, I had never even heard of energy healing until I had Reiki done. I was, um, <laughs> so Reiki, it's an energy healing. It's basically, it's about connecting your energy back to be able to start to heal itself and through our seven chakras. So we have a chakra system that's mm -hmm. like your energetic system that runs from above your head to the base of your spine. And in the same way you have your sort of physical, um, you know, system, we also have our energetic system within us. And that's where sort of acupuncture from China, for example, talks about energy meridians, because these we have this life force energy that we call qi that runs within us all the time. And when your energy is out of balance or a chakra is blocked, then you can actually start to feel things like, you know, anxiety, or you might start to get physical symptoms because it needs all these things to freely flow. And a really good example is when, for example, I had a friend of mine who had really bad stomach problems and he'd been through a very stressful time and i was like i know it's actually an energetic block in your stomach because we hold so much tension you know in our and emotions within our stomach you know they call the gut the second brain yeah. for a reason it really does hold a lot of emotions and you know we did reiki um a reiki healing session and he was like god i've been to seven doctors and they can't work out what's wrong with me i've had all these tests and it's gone yeah. within one session and i was like because sometimes i'm not saying this is a miracle cure but sometimes it's literally about getting your energy to move again and not you know be stagnant in one place but energy healing you know i didn't even know what it was till i first tried reiki i was seeing a bereavement counselor after my sister died and I've got nothing against therapy i think it's wonderful for various things this particular therapist and i weren't obviously having a good connection and you obviously really need that in those situations yeah. and i was like look this isn't working for me <laughs> whatever reason you know for how many weeks and she was like look i think you should go and see the reiki healer she had quite a holistic practice she was like go and see the reiki healer and um do a few sessions and see how that goes and i was like what is reiki or what are you talking about <laughs> and I was like, i'm gonna go with an open mind and essentially yeah. you know just lie down on a massage table with a rug over you some nice music and just you know okay. see what happens because it's not touch it's sort of um it's hovering above the different chakras so it's not even connected touch reiki and i could feel energy it was a weird experience i could sort of feel energy around me and i just thought oh, you know great and then i realized after four sessions that the compression i felt on my chest from grief that sort of like elephant feeling of sat on my chest had been lifted and i was like not the emotions you know those are my own things to deal with but the actual physicality and I was like oh my god that is incredible to me and from then I just really went on my own exploration of you know energy healing and um, there are so many different modalities of it you know there's, there's Reiki there's acupuncture there's emotional freedom technique which is tapping on different energy oh, yeah. to yeah it's great because it really releases the subconscious and negative beliefs and things that are stored mind and body and all these things are worth trying, you know, I think that's what people need to sort of have an open mind for because I really didn't think of anything of them until I realized how powerful they were at a very important time in my life. And yeah, now, you know, EFT, for example, I use for, you know, various things like those subconscious beliefs and doubts that come up, you know, and it's, it's so powerful to try. And uh, like I said, everyone's made of energy. So if you made of something, why not use the thing that is actually a part yeah. of you to yeah. heal yourself, if that yeah. makes sense? I think, I guess we're like, we're 70% water, right? And that is like energy. Yeah. I remember 
like when I first started getting into yoga, my specific yoga teacher was into the gong. He would play it at the end when you're in like Shavasana. And um, he was always saying how we're 70% water. And so when you play the gong, our bodies would be vibrating, you know, and it's quite an interesting concept. So I thought about it in that way. Um, but yeah, the energy, the healing, there's so many, there's like Tantra as well and all of these things. And I'm just quite excited to learn more about different things. I'm always really curious and eager to try different things because like you, I do believe in, you know, we were talking about going to the doctors, especially here in Singapore, they kind of prescribe you, you go in for cold and they prescribe you like 10 pills, which is totally unnecessary. But, you know, for whatever commercial impact, you kind of have to go in with the knowing that sometimes they don't really have their, their best interests in, for you, you know, and sometimes there are other modalities that you can use to kind of you know, heal that headache and whether that's just rubbing kind of like menthol oil or natural oils on your head, you know, as opposed to always taking and popping a pill every time you get a slight headache. Yeah, um, I mean, it's like what I said to you earlier about my headache, that I'd had um, yeah, chronic migraines on one side for two years, um, you know, from, from, you know, obviously stressful things going on. And I had seen, God, you know, doctors and osteopaths thinking it was my back and chiropractors and no one could do anything about it and I knew they would come on every eight weeks for 24 hours and no pill would be able to solve it and then it started to be every five weeks for 48 hours and I was like god I really need to get this sorted and someone told me about this incredible acupuncturist and he realized it was all to do with my gut and build up on that side from my liver and toxins and all this stuff and he's completely healed it and it's just remarkable to me because I've gone to so many doctors for yeah. the logical side of it, you know, and no, nothing. It's just that incredible how you manage to link your gut to your head to the left. I know, exactly. It really is. Like, how does that even, it's crazy. You know, when you're talking about, you know, chakras being blocked, can you just like explain a bit more about, I guess, how chakras can get blocked? And, you know, even your friend you had, um, you know, really bad, uh, gut problems like how does that even happen like you know when you won't why does it why is it when you're under stress that our chakras get blocked and us and all these toxins kind of come about yeah so i mean when we're stressed you know our body goes into what we call like survival mode and it'll start sending you know energy in a logical fashion away from the things it thinks it needs so for example um from your fight and flight stress response when you are stressed cortisol, that stress hormone gets sent off in your body and your body will start putting things towards the thing that thinks you need to survive. So if you are running away from a lion under a threat, your body doesn't think you need to digest a steak because why would you in that moment? So yeah. for example, our digestive system, the blood gets sent away from that and it gets pushed into like, you know, your muscles, things you need to run or things you need to like literally react in that moment. So our digestive system can get really hit by stress. And that's because we also hold a lot of tension and emotion in our stomachs. You know, that's the whole feeling of when we feel nauseous or nervous before we, you know, make a big speech or we do something or you get butterflies in your stomach from something that excites you. You know, we hold a lot of um, emotions in our stomach and we actually have two chakras in that area. Um, We have our solar plexus and our sacral chakra. And from that, you know, when we are feeling anxious and stressed, we can energetically block ourselves from holding on to it without realizing because when you are stressed, you're not sort of in a free, you know, free flowing sort of state of um, energy. Yeah. You are sort of people tend to not even breathe properly without even realizing yeah. you'll be at your desk going so true. <laughs> <laughs> and not having taken a full breath. But your yeah. chakras basically are like spinning energy centers and they are spinning continuously one way. And when energy blocks it, it almost it slows it down and starts to not spin, essentially. So what you want, like I said, is that free-flowing key, that life force energy going around the body. And we don't know why, but stress literally just stops it from flowing and, you know, all these emotions. And so it's really about understanding how are you feeling? You know, if you have got, for example, um, a blocked throat chakra, there's certain things you may not have been doing. So not speaking your truth, for example, 
Mm. Um, a blocked solar plexus chakra can be because you haven't been giving yourself a creative outlet as much as you should, because that one's all about creativity. Right. So you have to look at these different ones. For example, our root chakra is about being grounded. So when we're feeling really anxious, um, we tend to be feeling very ungrounded because you're all over the place. Yeah. And so your root chakra is about grounding you back to, you know, back to earth, back to yeah. the ground. And so you can do little exercises as well every day to just cleanse your energy, which I say to clients, you know, you want to look after your energy the same way you do your teeth every day. Um, so grounding it, cleansing it and protecting it. So to ground your energy, you can simply set an intention, put your feet firmly on the ground. That's even more powerful if you're out, say near a tree or on grass or in a park or wherever, but you can do it inside and literally put your firm feet firmly on the ground and just visualize roots or energy going down from you into the ground and take a deep breath in and just state in your mind, I am grounded and just connect to that. You know, that is a simple form of what we call grounding. And it's just all these little things that can actually help with different chakras. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's like a whole nother world. And it's crazy because you don't at all get taught this at school. (laughs) 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 You don't get taught how to do a stress at school, which I find remarkable. (laughs) Yeah, actually, it's absolutely crazy. And it's funny because I was speaking to you from London. I mean, I I lived there for eight years. I don't live there anymore, but London is probably one of the most stressful cities I could say, you know, just just thinking about, I was talking to a friend over here who lives in Singapore too, who used to live in London, and we're just saying how, you know, in the winters you'd be like getting ready with a heater by next to you in the bedroom, and then you leave the house and it's dark, and then you walk to the tube um, with like your coat and your scarf and your gloves and everything, and then you get onto the tube and it's just like packed with people and so you're boiling hot, and then you can't even, like, you can't read, you can't do anything because there's just no space. And you've got these bright lights shining at you. And then and you haven't even got to work yet. <laughs> that's a great thing. <laughs> you haven't that's even started your day. Uh, and I just think people who kind of go through that, that's like their daily, you know, the commute, not to mention the stress that you get from working, um, you know, from all different facets. It's just we really need to try and develop more, um, I guess, yeah, wellness modalities and, and mindset modalities to kind of make sure we're not gonna, we're not heading for chronic stress diseases, you know? Well, those are really good examples of what you said of ma- micro stresses. So we have macro and micro, and macro are the big events in our life yeah. that you would assume would cause you stress, you know, death yeah. of a loved one, divorce, loss of a job, all these things. Yeah. And micro are those things you just described, you know, the bright lights on the tube in the morning, someone bumping into you, the upsetting email, the headline. You know, unless you're living on a beach in the middle of nowhere, everyone in the modern world is going to have micro stress doses. Mm. And those just build up in our system over time in the same way that a macro would. And that's why we suddenly are like, oh God, I feel really stressed and anxious, but nothing's really going on in my life. Why do I feel this way? But Mm. it is because your body is responding in the exact same way to these micro stress doses subtly in the background as if it would a very big threat. And that's what people need to realize that it's actually our responsibility to, because our body doesn't know, it's trying to keep us safe, to tell it, you know, to calm down. If we're going to live in this busy lifestyle, we have to look after ourselves to make sure these micro stress doses don't build up. Yeah, so interesting. And I think that's why, you know, having gotten to yoga and, and even just exercising, I feel so much better. Like whenever I'm stressed or anxious or worrying about anything, I'll just go out and be connected with nature or be out in the sun and it just makes a huge difference i know it sounds so cliche and simple but yeah, nature's the best yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so i guess like my next question is um you know at, at another startup store we all we usually help so we help people to build businesses and start um use their idea to start something that they're passionate about or you know feel like that's connected with their purpose um and but really to use this as a tool and almost like a vehicle to drive and and create the life that they want to live so creating the life that we want requires vision you know and the ability to be able to shape our brain which we spoke about rewiring our brain um and being more conscious of what we're exposing our brain to and what um, information we're feeding into our brain you know um so how my question is how do you use methods such as the law of attraction and you know visualization to actually manifest 
your desires and your clients' desires? And how do we kind of retrain our human mind to reinvent, imagine and improve and just be inspired to create from a place of um, abundance, I guess? Yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, with these things, the first step for I always say is clarity. You know, you can't have a vision unless you're clear of what you want your vision to be. So getting really, that's also really important for the energy you're putting out. You don't want to confuse, you know, the universe or whatever um, you see it as, as to what you actually want. Otherwise you're not going to get, get that thing, get that um, experience. So you really want to get really clear for yourself, you know, whether you believe in the law of attraction or not, you're going to move towards your vision with clarity. So just really working out, you know, what that vision is, what that whole lifestyle is, what you see for yourself every day or your business, getting really clear on that. And then once you have that, I love, you know, doing, I love vision boards. Um, I yeah. love having a vision board to look at. It's really great every day. So, you know, you do it online. Yeah, exactly. I do. I always, I make mine on Photoshop because I used to do that okay. university design and I love doing, I spend like a week on my new ones <laughs> and then I print it off. Yeah. Cause <laughs> I used to, I don't have a physical one. So I just feel like uh, my partner's like super minimalist. So we don't even have a side <laughs> table, so it'd kill me if I put like a vision board I'm right in the middle of the metric. <laughs> but anyway, aside from that, it's kind of, you don't really want it in public, so people come in and see. <laughs> so I usually just do it on Pinterest, but I would like to have, you know, something like you said on um, Adobe or Photoshop or something. Yeah, exactly. It's nice to be able to, you can put it on your, um, you know, computer background, for example, then like yeah. you're the only person who sees that, just something that continually you see every day, like your phone background, your computer background, yeah. or inside your cupboard, because like you say, sometimes you just don't want your vision on display <laughs> to everyone. Um, and then uh, I also, I really am a massive fan of, you know, with the whole thing of acting as if what you've wanted has already happened. So training your mind to believe it's in the now and a great way to actually do that is to write what we call an intention statement down so an intentional statement in the present tense is if well your vision has already come alive so you know you say like i am xyz i da, 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 da. and reading that to yourself every single day it first of all gets into your subconscious you know to yeah. start creating that but also gets it into your energy if you say it stand up with it and actually say yeah. it out loud to yourself in a way that actually you believe that it's already happened that's a really powerful you know part i believe of the law of, law of attraction yeah that's interesting it kind of reminds me of i'm not sure if you've ever read the book the five love languages um i know i've heard of this so yeah the five languages of love yeah i've heard of this yeah, so I haven't actually even read the book, but I've done, you can do the quiz online. And my number one love language is a word of affirmation. So like the way that I receive love is through words more so than um, like physical touch or whatever. And there's like gifts and acts of services. And so I kind of see it like that. It's like when someone, you know, when somebody like gives you a compliment, you actually like believe it and you're like, oh, maybe I am this, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, if you speak kinder to yourself, does it work in the same way, do you think? Yeah, it does. And on the simplest sense, exactly, of like what you practice gets stronger with your mind. So equally, if you are telling yourself this statement every day, then your mind will start to believe it. You know, yeah. <laughs> same way, if you're telling yourself kind things every day, your mind will be like, oh, okay, yeah, I am a great person. You know, it's yeah, all yeah. about that repetition of it. So just really getting into that vision and believing it. And it's also about connecting to the feeling. You know, you can have as much up here and state as much as you want in your mind of what you want. But if we're disconnected to how we would actually feel with it, how you would feel grateful, how you'd feel energized, then that's also going to be a massive disconnect for getting you to where you want. So I always say like a little gratitude kind of um, meditation I sometimes do with clients is like, if you visualize what you want, connect before to how did you feel when the last great thing in your life happened? What was that feeling, you know, that you really felt? Was it gratitude? Was it, you know, joy? Was it energy? And come back to that, connect to that, and then start to visualize what it is you want in your future. Because right. it's really powerful to have the energy of connecting to it already, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like kind of injecting into your five senses in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. I guess that brings me on to my next question on your book, The Law of Brand Attraction, which, um, yeah, if you could just tell us a bit more about what it means and 
you know, because you've got the law, it's not the law of attraction, it's the law of brand attraction. So can you just yeah. share more about the concept? And yeah, and then I'd love to learn a bit more about the process of writing it and how that was for you. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, this was done in lockdown, which was so funny because it was. Um, wow, you did it during. Told... <laughs> we did it during lockdown, and it was the person who put it together, Sammy Blindell. She's um, a sort of branding mentor of mine. And she was like, right, guys, I want to put a book together for the law of brand attraction because I think a lot of businesses are struggling right now. And it's about, you know, how can people, you know, attract things to their brand? What are the kind of things they need? And my my passage my chapter was obviously all about living as calmly as possible to get the greatest results within mm-hmm. yourself and your business because if we're running around stressed you know yeah. we're actually 31 percent less productive when we're working from a stressed yeah. and negative headspace than when yeah. we're working from a happy one um so that was sort of my whole you know chapter about that kind of thing but the other authors you have sort of all different all different types of whether it's branding people in there or whether it's you know mindset people or we have Marie Diamond and Bob Doyle, who were actually in The Secret, they did the four words for us. So I have a chapter and a passage. So The Secret obviously is the law of attraction. It's the yeah. big the big one on that. And um, they were in it, obviously talking about different things to do with uh, law of attraction. But it was essentially, it's meant to be sort of an inspiring little uplift for different things you can look at with your brand and things you can look at within yourself and your mindset to help you move forward with it, really. Because mm, I guess, you know, there's a lot of psychology behind branding and how we actually connect to our emotions. So it isn't just, you know, the visual identity and the logo and the colors. So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, I guess. Um, but, you know, just before we move on to the next question, looking at the concept of the law of attraction, for people who are kind of a bit more skeptical around, you know, this topic, how would you describe it in a more logical terms? In more logical terms, I describe it into, you know, what you're constantly thinking about will, you know, start to appear in your life. And that can happen for the good and the bad. So it's the same way of, say, you know, when people think of um, almost like, what's that? Um, Self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) When they say, you know, oh, I knew this was going to happen because I never get this. I never get that. I never do this. And if you're constantly affirming that, that's literally all you're putting out. Also with your mind, subconsciously, your brain is going to be looking to not create the experiences you want because you're telling it, I never get that. And your brain's going, yep, (laughs) yes, okay, you never get that. And equally with your energy, you're putting out the same thing. You know, I never get this, I never get that. And your energy is like, okay, you know, (laughs) that's fine, won't attract that. And so, you know, the logical side of it is to start simply to just start thinking about what it is you do want more than what you don't want. And there's obviously a lot of, you know, multiple angles of the law of brand attraction of connecting to the feeling and, you know, really getting into it as if you've already experienced it, getting it into the present, like what you want from the future. But for the logical side of people, just starting to really be aware of your thoughts and what you want to bring into your life instead of spending so much time thinking about what it is you don't want. Because we're all guilty of it without realizing. And um, it's a really powerful place to start, you know, that internal conversation. Yeah, that's why I think journaling is so good because sometimes I even catch myself, I'm not even aware of the thoughts that I'm, you know, thinking in my head or what I'm saying to myself. Um, I'm, re- I'm reading um, a book by Eckhart Tolle. The, um, I love it. Have you read it? A New Earth. Yeah, it's so, so good. great. Like you were talking about Oprah earlier on, and she did a whole series with him. And I haven't finished it yet, but it he really dives deep into the ego and like totally deconstructs the ego. And I'm reading this stuff, and it beca- you become so self-aware, and you're like calling yourself out for thinking about you know this way, and it's just absolutely crazy how you know, the power of the ego is, and it's actually meant to just be like a servant to us, you know. Um, but anyone listening, I really, really recommend that book. Um, I say it's so yeah, great. it's so good. I can't wait to finish it. Um, but speaking on the topic of books, do you have one book, um, aside from The Law of Brand Attraction, that you recommend to others, one that's kind of been quite pivotal in your life? Yeah, I mean, God, I, lo- I love reading and I have so many books I could, you know, say, but I think one author and one book of his, but one author particularly really changed things for me, which was Dr. Wayne Dyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's sadly, you know, dead now, but he 
was, he, I think he only died in 2017. So he was still alive when I started learning all this stuff and I just literally couldn't get enough. And he talks about the power of intention and the power of intention is one of his greatest books. Um, I would recommend that to anyone. And it's really looking at, you know, when we become intentional with our mind and our energy, what that intention actually can bring into our life. So, you know, where focus goes, energy flows is what he says. And that's really true when we start focusing intentionally on what we want um, and what we not what we don't want. And, you know, you really start to create those things in your life. And I, I think it's an amazing book. He's all his books are amazing, actually. Okay, I'm going to check him out. I haven't heard of him, actually. But that's so true with the intention. I think once that's why it's good to just like reflect and take stock and be intentional about be intentional about what you want because if you don't then how are you ever going to you know receive it or do you, yeah, exactly. you know, just by chance you know it's crazy all right i have one last question before we wrap up this conversation um and i usually ask all of my um, guests in the podcast but the question is if there's one quote that you live by what what is it <laughs> Yeah, it's actually, it's funny because I actually wrote this quote for the book and I now try to live by it as much as possible just to remind myself that this is true. And yeah. I'd say it's, you know, a, a calm mind is our greatest strength, but a calm soul is a weapon against anything. And mm. I think people need to remember that, you know, if you can have a calm mind and tap into the calmness of your soul at the same time, you can become from a place of real resilience that you didn't know yeah. was there before and resilience is definitely something we all need these days that's for sure so, yeah it's something I try to remind myself of that 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 weapon and that power is always within me that calmness is there whenever I need it yeah so true I think it's just like peace like that's ultimately what we want in life like it's not even success or monetary or material things it's like we just want peace of mind yeah exactly so and that <laughs> having a calm mind and a calm soul so yeah so interesting well thank you so much Alice for sharing your story today and you know sharing all of your wisdom I feel like I had personally as well just had so many other questions so might need to do like a follow-up one or something <laughs> but um, I'm sure you know for those listening at home they want to know more so I'll put all of the details um, in the show notes um, so yeah, and I just want to say thank you everyone for listening. And if you're looking for more, you know, inspiration or stories, um, we have a lot of other interviews and resources over at anotherstartupstory.com. Um, but yeah, once again, thanks so much, Alice, for joining us, um, sending love to London, <laughs> to you yeah, in London. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was really great to chat. All it's right, so thanks nice. guys. Thank <laughs> Bye.